0: You are listening to the Delay and Pray Podcast, number 24. Welcome to the Delay and Pray Podcast, where certified Catholic and weight loss coach Beth Bubick teaches you how to permanently lose weight through spiritual fasting. Get ready to gain faith and lose weight through a joyful transformation of both body and soul. Now, your host, Beth, the Catholic Fasting Coach. Oh, hello everyone. I'm so excited that you could join me this week. I have a special guest that is amazing and we are going to be concentrating on planning. And I'm telling you, this is a subject that a lot of my clients have a problem with when they are trying to learn how to spiritually fast or delay sugar, flour, and alcohol to Sundays or Saturday nights. And it is absolutely crucial that we learn how to plan how to do the plan, and then how to evaluate the plan so that we can make it through the whole week. So um, Dr. Amrudi Chowdhury, is my guest today from the UK and um she is so special in so many ways because she actually is my coach and she has been my coach for 5 months and she has taught me so many things about planning and just getting into my body and feeling my emotions as well. So we're going to we're going to go into those things and let me tell you a little bit about her before I let her just you know, let's do this interview. And so Dr. Amruti Chaudhry is an advanced certified life and weight loss coach for women professionals and a doctor in the UK. She helps women feel lighter in their minds and lighter in their bodies. Dr. Shoudhury is a multi-award winning life coach, public speaker, and is the host of the successful podcast, Weight Loss for Women Professionals. She has lost over 92 pounds, everyone, after decades of yo-yo dieting and helps her clients get to the root cause of their overeating by becoming aware of their thoughts. She teaches clients how to pay attention to their body's natural signals to create sustainable weight loss that is fun, simple, and doable without counting calories, points, macros, or even weighing their food. She has a one-on-one program as well as a group coaching program. And all of the information to find her will be in the show notes, especially her socials. She's on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. um, And of course, she has her podcast. So all of that will be in the show
1: notes too. All right. Well, welcome. Welcome, M. Rudy. How are you? I am so honored to be on here. Thank you so much for having me. I am doing great today. Oh, that is so wonderful! All the way across the pond from the UK.
0: I just, I think I hired you mainly not only for your skills, but I think for your voice and just how it sounds. <laughs> Every morning, she's very early. I have to get up at you know really early because I, I catch her coaching at seven a.m. on Tuesdays. So, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and I just love her voice. It's it's part of the soothing coaching of my feelings. That's for sure.
1: Well, I just oh, want to let you
0: guys that. know that Rudy and I met. Um, from the Life Coach School. She is a Life Coach School coach. We were put together in the class of the fall of 2020. And we were together um, coaching in a group with um, eight other wonderful women for six months. And then, you know, as fate would have it, as God would have it, we actually were put together in the entrepreneurial track in 2021. And you and I actually coach each other every other week for six months. So I knew of her phenomenal coaching skills. And so I wanted to learn a little bit more about planning and I had listened to her podcast and um, she coaches a lot of doctors. And I also wanted to really delve into the medical part of what you teach as well, because I'm not a doctor. And um, in, in just knowing you and listening to you, I realized that All of the information in my program is totally good. And um, from a medical standpoint, everything checks. And so that was one of the reasons also why I wanted to hire you as a coach. And then I had a couple of things I needed to work on and we made it. One of them was not drinking on Fridays or during the week. And the other one was not eating or drinking after dinner um, ever. So we worked on those and um, I think we've been together five months now. And it's been accomplished. So I thank you so much, um, Dr. Amrudi. It was, it was amazing. Um, and I hired you last fall and um, we still are together today. So let me just turn it over to you. Tell me a little bit about your story of losing
1: 92 pounds, and then we're going to get into planning. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So I could go on and on and on about this story, but I'm going to try and keep it brief for your listeners so they don't get bored. <laughs> but I think you Can relate, and I know so many of your listeners will be able to relate that losing weight is a journey. And I went on my own journey here. I used to be a yo yo dieter all my life, and I struggled with sustaining my weight loss. And so I was able to lose it, but then I would end up gaining quite a lot back. And so I had tried every diet under the sun, and I would be able to lose the weight, but then it would come back on again. So after the birth of my second child, I was at a weight where I was a BMI of about 39. So for me, I was 92 kilos and I'm only quite little. So um, that was a BMI of 39. And as a doctor, I felt so much shame about being overweight and advising my patients on weight loss. And so I tried everything under the sun again. I tried intermittent fasting, low carb, keto, um, intense exercise, slimming world, weight watchers, like the whole works. And everything worked a little bit but i at the end of trying that i was doing one meal a day intermittent fasting low carb fasting for 23 hours a day um doing um burning off 1500 calories a day um and i was still not losing any more weight and i was like what is going on i'm a doctor i get the science i'm doing it all correctly as i thought why am i not losing any more weight so at that point i was listening to a life coaching podcast and i decided to hire a life coach for weight loss and I was able to lose 21 kilos, which is what over 40, 45 pounds or so yeah. in about five, five to six months. And it stayed off. And I've been in my, my weight range for nearly three years now. And it has been like the weight loss was just a huge bonus. Like it's something I'd been wanting to do for life. But what I actually gained from getting coached um, was building a better relationship with myself trusting that I was able to achieve anything I really wanted to do. It impacted my relationship with my husband. We're we're so much closer now and I don't expect him to manage my emotions or make me happy because I'm able to do that myself. I'm a much calmer mum and I'm not always shouting at my kids. I healed my relationship with my mother-in-law all through. What and actually, I'm like going to be like bringing out a course on how to get on with your mother-in-law without her changing because I coach on this all the time. And in in weight loss, that's some of like for some people, it's such a big deal. Yeah. And so, um, all of these things from going in for weight loss coaching. And so I was like, I need to share this magic with the world. And so I became a weight loss coach. It was only meant to be a side gig as I was being a doctor at the same time. And then I realized this is my purpose in the world. And I gave up my clinical practice and I'm doing this full time now and I have a look back. Oh, that's
0: so wonderful. I think you and I connected so much at the Life Coach School because, first of all, we have our strengths are the same. They're they're very similar. We're we're very strategic. Um, we are, you know, go getters. We are very strong willed and um we like what we like and and we have these dreams we're dreamers and we go for it and hmm. what was interesting is i only did this for a side gig really and so you you're you're like we're coaching you on quitting quitting your profession that you've worked all your life for and in your culture, which is very, um, you know, it's lifted up and, and mm-hmm. doctors, right? You had said in your culture, you're, you're either a doctor mm-hmm. and engineer type of thing. And you had to tell your dad at one point that you were no longer going to be a doctor and you were very scared of it and you were going to be a life coach. What's a life coach? And yeah. then okay. I was the same way. I was going to tell my husband that, listen, I'm quitting my corporate sales job and I'm going to be a life coach. Yeah. And we were going through this at the same time. You were completely successful. Your dad was like, okay, let's yeah. try it. And you're like, what? And then yeah. my husband's like, okay, go for it. Let's do it. And we were both like, let's go. And it's kind of yeah. like we, held, we like held hands over the pond, honestly. Mm-hmm. And it's was like, I was always thinking about you. And I was like, okay, Lord. we're doing this. And then you went in and you made your first you know, uh, 100K, I've made my first and we were just going at it. And uh, yeah. it's been a journey. But you know what? When I was coaching with you, I was always saying, you know what, Amrudy It's not about the weight. I, it's just yeah. really not about the weight. Because when I got to my weight goal, it was phenomenal. But then it became about everything else like you're talking about. And I think mm-hmm. my planning skills after coaching with you um, mm-hmm. just for five months have really become sort of the, the hinge pin of my life as in it's mm-hmm. it's doable planning. It's making sure I have the foods on my, my uh, food protocol that are going to sustain me during the day, but yet make me happy and mm-hmm. it's doable. And then making sure that I'm evaluating at night. I think that was the, mm-hmm. that was the piece that I didn't have before you is I was doing a nightly examine And I was looking Mm -hmm. back and I was checking some boxes, but now Mm -hmm. I'm actually evaluating everything that I'm going through, where are the emotions, how do I, how do, why was I overeating here or what were my emotions over there? And, Mm -hmm. um, for us, it kind of comes through, you know, with overeating or over drinking. And so it, and so now I can evaluate it and say, nothing's gone wrong here. This is just, Mm -hmm. this is just me. This is what's happening. And, And I can totally change it. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about your planning and and just, you know, tell me a little bit about what you think about planning.
1: Oh, my goodness. I never used to be a planner. So to now be an avid planner it blows my mind every single day because i have adhd so it, naturally i'm quite impulsive and so planning i'm like i used to be thinking no it's holding me back i don't want to plan and i was quite rebellious and then i was like okay well the way i'm doing it currently isn't working what would it be like if i actually planned and i started thinking of it as setting myself up for success And I still think of it like that every single day. So whenever I think of my plan, I think of it in a way of setting myself up for success for that day. And when I do it like that, I'm always like much more willing to plan. And when I initially started planning, I was very, very strict. I have to do it this way because I had so much perfectionism and I had like, I only have to do it perfectly. Otherwise, I'm not going to do it at all. But then I realized that that was actually holding me back. So, I decided on making it much more doable for myself. So, a doable plan is just a plan that you're going to be able to stick to. So, even if that includes foods that you don't normally traditionally want to eat, I would always put that on my plan so that I can build up that relationship with myself that I actually do what I say I'm going to do. So, I can actually start trusting that if I have set this goal of getting to my goal weight, I will get there because I'm building up that relationship of, I say I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. So on my on my plan, I, would, I decided, okay, what do I want to actually have in the day? And for me, the non-negotiables were, I wanted to have dessert every day. <laughs> and as a weight loss coach, when you say, I want to have dessert every day, you know, like a lot of people were like, wait, what? What does that mean? And so I decided on my doable plan, I'm going to have dessert every day. I decided that I wanted to eat foods that I loved and I didn't want to eat foods that I just knew were healthy because I would never stick to that. So I got rid of foods that I didn't enjoy and I only ate foods that I actually enjoyed. We call those in the
0: States, we call those rice crackers. (laughs) I don't know if you have those, but they're terrible, like from the fat free, but we used to eat these rice crackers and tell ourselves like, oh, this is so good. They're Mm -hmm. not good. And I'm yeah. sorry out there if you eat rice crackers, but it's true. Yeah. It's putting the food that's doable on your plan that you're going to want to eat. So like in my plan, we actually delay sugar flour and alcohol as you know to Sundays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's so much food that is not sugar processed and flour that you can eat yeah. that is delicious.
1: So mm. delicious,
0: but we just have to take the time to find them and and put a bunch of it on your food protocol. It's not mm-hmm. eating less. It's eating more of what's nutritious
1: and serves your body and actually serves your mind at the same time. Would you agree? Completely, completely. Because I realized that when I stopped eating so much, because I don't eat sugar and flour generally either, unless I'm having a joy eat. Um, But generally, I don't enjoy the effect that it has on me. And so that's why I have found a way to include so many whole foods that actually nourish my body. And so I like to think of it as whatever I'm eating, it's nourishing my my brain, my body and my soul. Because when I'm able to eat in this way, then I am I'm fueling my mind, I have so much more energy, I have I'm able to concentrate more, I'm able to, you know, have like be able to do anything I want to do. It's fueling my body because I feel like I am able to achieve anything that I want to. I have way more energy. I'm, I'm not tired all the time or sluggish. And it's um, really nourishing my soul because it's enabling me to live my purpose in life. It's enabling me to show up in as my highest self. And so when I'm thinking of my food that way and I'm making a doable plan for myself, I want to do it. I want mm-hmm. to plan. I want to do that. So that I, whenever I'm thinking of it as setting myself up for success, that's actually what is creating for me.
0: I love that. I love that. And so when you're talking about when you first started, you put dessert on your plan every day. Did you have to redefine dessert? Because like in our program, we're starting to redefine like what is eating? What is fasting? What is feasting? Because feasting Mm. on Sunday sounds like, I can have an entire cake, but that, we Mm -hmm. don't have to have that. Like we can actually redefine a feast as like berries with whipped cream, something that actually has a a low glycemic index, something that has less of an insulin response, something that Mm -hmm. actually fuels your body and makes you Mm -hmm. feel really good. And you can Mm -hmm. still have your piece of cake if you want it, but you get to decide, but like, it's almost like looking at food differently
1: and, and Mm -hmm. redefining like maybe the word dessert. Yeah. I had insulin resistance previously. My dad suffers from diabetes. I've got a very strong family history of diabetes. And I think I may have had gestational diabetes in pregnancy that wasn't um, picked up. So actually, I paid a lot of attention to the hunger hormones and what raises my insulin and what makes me feel good in my body, what helps me to lose weight and sustain my weight loss. And I noticed that actually when I ate a lot of sugar and flour, I was not able to lose weight very well. And I decided, like initially I used to be a white chocolate kind of girl. I always wanted it really like, you know, white and, and like sweet. But now I'm a 90% dark chocolate kind of girl. And I decided that yes, I will would need to make tweaks in what I classed as dessert. So now I have, you know, nut butters with, with um, dark chocolate. I have berries. I have double cream. And It is literally so delicious that when I then now go to have milk chocolate or white chocolate, I'm kind of like, oh, I don't really want to eat that anymore because my taste buds have completely changed. And it just like I feel like I'm nourishing myself so well that when I actually go to a a restaurant, I may not even feel like having the things as much because I am already fueling myself with the things that I absolutely love that feel great for me, that actually I don't have as much desire to eat the things with so much sugar and flour like I used to.
0: Oh, yeah. And you know what? I, I call that detachment. I. I think, you know, God uses beauty to just lead us to truth and goodness. And so he, the, the beautiful food can be, can be just 90% dark chocolate, not butters. I love, I love your double cream. I, I love yeah. the whole British speak. Like when you're coaching bits, she uses the word bits all the time. Oh, Beth, you can have some bits, bits of this, bits of that. And I'm like, I love it. And I I literally am in my kitchen going, I'm just going to have a bit. I'm just gonna have a bit. So, um, but I love how we you have redefined dessert from mm-hmm. you know this this whatever it is that that you that you wanted beforehand that gave you this big insulin response and then it was also-
1: like a cake girl or oh. or like biscuits or you know things like that and now I very rarely even have them. Like I used mm-hmm. to love pizza. Pizza used to be my favorite thing in the world, and now I genuinely like don't enjoy it as much because I know how it makes me feel and I'd be okay like having a slice now and again if I really feel like it. But also, honestly speaking, I I would be okay not having that because of how it now makes me feel. Yes. So that's the first part of
0: of planning is literally writing down the food that you want to eat on your food protocol. And then Mm -hmm. the thing is, that's just the beginning. You're just going to write it down and then you're going to do it. And then you write, if you didn't eat that particular food, you're going to, write down the food that you did eat as well. And I tell my clients, you write it in a different color pen. And it's so funny as a human being, we don't want to do that. We're not going to write it down. Our our (laughs) brains can be like, no, I'm not writing down those 12 crackers that I didn't have on there, but you have to, because if you do it, then in the evening you can, or the next morning you can actually evaluate like okay, so why did I reach for the 12 crackers that weren't on there? Did I not put enough salad on there? Did I not put enough vegetables, protein, good fats? You know, Mm. am I not satiated? And then what was going on? Like for me, it would be, I would watch the news and I was not even thinking about what I was eating. I was just mindlessly eating because I would be just watching some kind of news at lunch and it was like my break. And then M. Rudy coached me into possibly not watching the news And just eating in silence. That was really hard. And I'll never forget the day I was eating a spring mix and I, and I'm like, oh, I really want to put the news on, but I'm not going to. And then I remember grabbing the box of spring mix and it said in that there was arugula, kale, spinach, and romaine in there. And so I picked out from the box, like each one and put it on a piece of paper. And I tasted each one to see what do I like better? I was doing this whole lettuce, like Mm. experiment. Okay. Okay. I was paying attention to what I was eating by turning off the news
1: and it was hard to
0: do because there was something that the news was satisfying some kind of like a, uh, excitement or like, I, it was like my break, but it was just a neural pathway that was saying, you know, this is what we do. We eat. Mm -hmm. And, and then all of a sudden I was paying attention to what I was eating and I realized that I love kale. It was Mm -hmm. funny. It was like this bitter Oh, I kind of like the bitterness of that. And then, you know, spinach is actually sweet. If we actually take the time to actually notice what we're eating and, and actually like look at it and taste it and actually taste it, then when we evaluate ourselves, you know, we, I can be like, well, maybe next time I'll just buy a straight up bag of kale. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I can just evaluate the salmon. I mean, I mean, all of it, you know, your dark yeah. chocolate, all of it. So yeah, yeah, so go ahead and talk about that type of, you know, that's why you need the life coaching is because it's not, it's, you know, it's this food protocol that you're trying to design for your own body. So my food protocol is not going to look like Amriti's.
1: Yeah, it's completely different. And that's the whole point of making your own doable plan. Everyone likes to give, um, like seek validation from external people. Some you, we all want someone to tell us, okay, what should I eat? And the thing is, I can give you a baseline. Okay, you, this is how to start off your protocol. But my protocol, as Beth said, is not going to look the same as Beth's protocol or, or your protocol because we have different preferences. We have different um, ways that our food is processed in our body. It's going to affect our hormones differently. It's going to affect our results differently. And so this is the reason why it's so important to make a doable plan for yourself. But that's just the first draft. Because then what happens is you get to evaluate that plan and you get to look at, okay, what was going well with my eating today? What didn't go so well? And what would I like to do differently? And just before I talk about this even further, you may be thinking, oh gosh, this sounds like a lot of work. Planning and evaluating, I already don't have the time. But also, I just wanted to say to you, it could take you two minutes in the morning to plan your food and two minutes to evaluate. It doesn't have to take a lot of time. It's just the intention behind it and being willing to um, pay attention to that. But the human brain often, because it wants us to seek pleasure, avoid pain and stay how we are, it wants us to keep doing what we've always done. So if you are overeating, it's not going to want to look at that. And as Beth said, if you've picked up 12 crackers, it's not going to want to look at that. Because it thinks that the more I eat, the more pleasurable it is. So just be aware that your brain's not going to want to evaluate. It's not going to want to plan. And this is when um, I want you to open up to the possibility that okay, it may you may not want to do it. But what would it be like if you just tried? What would it be like if you just gave yourself maybe a week or a month and you just said, you know what? I know I'm not going to want to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway because I know how this is going to impact me. So with that. And the evaluation, what you're doing is you're looking at, okay, what went well today? How can I um, really celebrate what I did well? What would I like to tweak next? What, would, what didn't go so well? And how can I, using my own brain, problem solve for these were the obstacles and these are how, like these are the solutions to these obstacles when they come up next time. So then what happens is you are noticing what didn't go so well. And from your own brain, you're deciding, oh, this is what would suit me next time. So I'm going to try this next time. This is why it's an evolving protocol. There's no just one protocol that you just make and then it never changes. It changes as you lose weight. It changes as your taste buds change. um, And it changes maybe even over the season, because in summer I like to have more salads and things, but in winter I like to have more cooked veg and stews and things like that. So your protocol will change with you. And that is a good thing because it just shows that it's evolving and that it's not just static and you don't just have to eat the same food for life for the rest of your life. But you may also notice that there's certain foods that you love and that really nourish you, and certain foods that don't, even though you like the taste of them, they may not be nourishing you. So you then get to see on paper and then get to incorporate them into your protocol.
0: Oh, I I so love that. So interesting that um, Byron Katie says that the war in your mind is fought on paper. Okay. So basically you have to write it down folks, because <laughs> it's, it's the way that you're going to actually, you think you can remember but 60,000 thoughts going through your, through your mind every day, you're not going to remember. So you have to write it down and then you may take the time to kind of eat in silence, turn off, you know, turn off, don't scroll through your phone. That's, that is like the main thing I got from you and Rudy. Um, well, I got so many things, but I I just used to, I, I didn't eat in silence. So I really wasn't paying attention to my food and I started to actually taste it and see what I love and, and, and what was working for me. So, but when I first started, I had a lot of like almond flour, I would make things that were gluten-free. I was trying to get rid of my white flour, trying to get rid of the processed food. I was adding in like substitutes. I don't have that now. Like I'm straight up Mm -hmm. veg, like you said, vegetables, protein, and I don't need the cake. I I love avocados. I love olives. Um, I know exactly Mm -hmm. how much I can have because I can overeat that too. Mm -hmm. So it's just I'm experimenting with intermittent fasting. Um, It's always excitement for me. It's always something that's just kind of an experiment with my food. It's also for my clients too. I I always want to, you know, be the best coach for them. Um, but if I did not evaluate my food protocol and my journal and use my thought models all the time, because, you know, we're both, we're both into the thought model. So your, your, your thoughts are very important. They create your results, everyone. Mm -hmm. It's not the circumstance. It's not the food. It's what you think about the food. It's, it's dealing with your feelings, um, we always say underfeeling is is equal to a lot of times overeating and overdrinking. Mm-hmm. So you, we, mm-hmm. we've got to figure out the feelings, but planning is the first step.
1: Mm, I completely agree, and I also think that sometimes when you're not able to access the thinking, it's always um, useful to pay attention to the wisdom of your own body. So to tune into your body and notice what you're currently feeling in your body and allow it to be there. Because so often the reason why we are overeating is because we want to avoid that that emotion. And so just somehow, me, um, I like to put my hand on my heart and I like to, um, you know, really basically be there for myself whilst I'm feeling the emotion and allowing that emotion to flow through you and then going to do the thought work. Because sometimes when your emotions are high, your intelligence, you're not going to be able to access the highest part of your brain. So it may be just really like allowing the emotion to be there creating safety in your nervous system to feel that and then going back and accessing, okay, what was I thinking that was creating this emotion and how can I tweak my thinking just slightly to feel a little bit better, to take different actions and to create a different result.
0: Yes. And let's give them a, let's give our audience a, a really concrete example. You have, you have coached me on sadness, the feeling of sadness on Sundays Mm -hmm. because I don't have children um, in my state. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I would get sad on Sunday Mm -hmm. nights and so you had always coached me on, you know, that the sadness is teaching me something. Mm. And what would I like to do with that sadness? And so when I first started, I would put my hand on my heart and I'd be like, this is sadness. This is sadness. I don't have to mm-hmm. eat through it. I don't have to drink through it. I don't have to resist it. You know, I don't have mm-hmm. to shove it down. I don't have to white knuckle through it. I can just mm-hmm. feel it. And mm-hmm. I would walk around and I'd feel it. And I would be like, wow, this is sadness. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I miss my kids. It's totally it's totally reasonable that I'm having the sadness. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> okay. So now what do I want to do with it? And so we would coach on it and we came up with this craving for connection and then how mm-hmm. I could actually deal with it in my life, mm-hmm. which meant taking Fridays and pushing the Friday night pizza and wine or pizza and beer and pushing that to Sundays in my program and just mm-hmm. having a glass with my husband or inviting friends out on Sunday nights. That was one way. And then you asked me for all the ways that I could actually connect to my children. And then we came up with like 10 or 12 different ways and Mm -hmm. it was phenomenal. And so if we're not planning and actually looking at what we're actually doing with the plan and then tweaking it, then I would never get to the point of what do I do with this, what, with this sadness, what do I do with this Sunday Mm -hmm. night kind of blues? We don't want to drink or eat that away because a lot of people are like, oh, Sunday night blues. Yes. Yeah. I drink that away. Like, We don't have to do that. We don't have to eat it away. We don't have to drink it away.
1: And I love thinking of our emotions as being a signal to us to pay attention and to go inwards. And often like a lot of people may not be willing to like access their emotions or even talk about their emotions because it's often a taboo and it's often like something that we just don't talk about. And I was one of those. (laughs) Being a very intellectual doctor, it was very much like, we don't talk about emotions. What is this emotion stuff? Right. But actually, like being willing to be like, okay, well, let me just try it out. Let me just see what feeling my emotions is about. And actually, using mindfulness tools as well to, you know, breath work um, or, you know, really getting to like be with your emotions, um, feeling them in your body, allowing them to be there. All of that really helped to be like, oh, okay. There's a different way as well to like really calm down the nervous system so that I can access my highest thinking. Okay, I'm willing to do that now. Um, And the thing is, this is a practice. It's not just going to you're not just going to get it overnight. Um, I like to think of coaching um, and mindfulness as the personal trainer of your brain and of your nervous system because when you hire a personal trainer or when you're going to do exercise in the gym you can't just do it once and then expect to have the body of your dreams it's the consistent practice of going to the gym and lifting the weights and you know doing your exercise to sustain that body so the same thing with coaching and with like calming down your nervous system it's the same thing Regularly making a doable plan and evaluating, regularly feeling your emotions and allowing your um your nervous system to be okay with that. And doing this regularly really helps to um be uh to to sustain this practice and to develop it. Oh, I love that. I love that.
0: Because yes, we are way in way into our intellect more than our bodies and you know, as we both learned in the life coach school and, and life coaching is that um, we can feel our emotions, even negative emotions. We don't want to just shift into positive emotion. That, mm-hmm. that emotion of sadness, anxiety, disappointment, whatever it is, it has something to teach us. And we can, they're just cascades of chemicals and we just need to feel mm-hmm. it. And then we can decide what do we want to do with it? How do we mm-hmm. want to handle it? And that's the beautiful part is we, we can shift our thinking for sure. Um, but what is your, what is your, um, I forget like what you say about, you can never outthink
1: yeah negative you can emotion. Never yeah. You can never out action a negative emotion. There you go. Um, because often what we want to do is when we're feeling, um, like a negative emotion, often when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm like, okay, let me just do the next thing or the next thing or the next thing or the next thing. And then I won't feel as overwhelmed with my to-do list. But actually, what I'm trying to do then is out-action my emotion of overwhelm. And that never works. It doesn't. Because it's not the actions that create your emotions. It's your thinking that creates your emotions. So the only way to feel better is to allow that emotion to be there and to change the thought that is creating that emotion. So it's always going back to the thinking and changing, just tweaking your thoughts slightly. It doesn't have to be going from, I hate my body to, I love my body. It could be, this is one thing that is okay about my body. And then moving to, hey, um, I have a body. Then moving to, this is one thing that I don't mind about my body then moving to, I quite actually really love this about my body. And then moving to, I love my body. Mm. And so you're just kind of laddering along the way.
0: Yes. Yes. I I mean, it's just beautiful. And if we stay in the action line, everybody, that's dieting. Dieting is just staying in the action line and do, 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 let's see, I'll eat this. I won't eat this. Um, Mm. It's all about your thoughts. Your thoughts always create your results. Your results Mm. don't create your thoughts. So it's the thought model. Um, so this has been amazing. And I thank you so much for coming on. I I love planning now. And in fact, it's way more, uh, I, I know I'm at my, my, my weight goal in, in the range there, but now my planning in my life is just amazing. And the connection to people, the connection to just what I'm doing, my mission, my vision, my connection to God, it's just all heightened because really of, you know, of using a doable plan to get to this weight goal and then just evaluating it, getting more into my body, feeling my emotions. It's kind of all encompassing, but it's so much more about the weight in the end.
1: Yeah. But we have to have a plan. (laughs) Yeah. I love that so much because the plan often brings up all the underlying thoughts that have already always been there. And so, like, actually committing to making a plan brings all of that up so that we can evaluate it and we can actually deal with um, the things that have been holding us back that may be subconscious that we don't even know about. So it's always been such an honor to coach you and you've always been so all in. And it's always um, so phenomenal to see another coach accessing coaching for her own brain. And that always shows the sign of a phenomenal coach because um, even us as coaches, we, we have a human brain. And so to get a coach for your own self, like I have multiple coaches for myself as well. And I love doing that because then we get to give our clients the highest um, version of ourselves, which is so phenomenal. So well done, Beth, you have created phenomenal results. And I'm so proud of you. And I know that your clients will be benefiting from you doing this work on yourself. Oh,
0: thanks, M. Rudy. It has been a joy knowing you and we're going to know each other for the rest of our lives, I'm sure. I'm coming over there one day to the UK and I'm going to visit you. I can't wait.
1: You have to come and stay with me.
0: (laughs) Yay! Absolutely. I would love it. Okay, everyone. So if you would like to hear M. Rudy's podcast, I'm going to put the link to that in the in the uh, show notes. And also I'll put all her socials there as well. So um, take a look at what she has to offer. And um, thank you, M. Rudy. Love you so much. And um, well, see you, see you on Thursday. See you then. Love you. Bye. <laughs> okay. God bless. Bye. If you are interested in learning more about spiritual fasting and permanent weight loss, then come join my course, Delay and Pray, a 12-week guided course for weight loss through spiritual fasting. You won't go through it alone either. I will be there to coach you every step of the way. This is a group coaching program where you are part of an amazing community of like-minded Catholics who have the same goal as you, to bring about miracles while losing that weight permanently through spiritual fasting. Your purchase includes an online course detailing what spiritual fasting is, how to do it, and all the tools you you need to get you the results you're longing for. Head over to my website right now at the catholicfastingcoach.com and get the details on how to join. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest and LinkedIn to always get the latest daily information to help you keep fasting, my friends. Can't wait to see you in there. May God bless you and keep you always.